Welcome to Eventive Entrepreneurs, the podcast for business inspiration, featuring innovative entrepreneurs sharing their stories, best practices, and actionable tips, sprinkled with my favorite topic, event planning advice to build community and grow your business. I'm your host, Sarah Brush. Let's get this party started. Hi, Brittany. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, thanks so much for being here. And I just want to share a quick story about how we connected, which was just so super special. But I first knew you through the foundress because I know you were a mentor for them and I've been a member for a while. But then my daughter, Brooklyn, has a love for interior design and she is a big fan of yours watching you on Design Star on HGTV. And Lindsay from Powerhouse Women actually connected you and Brooklyn and you let her come and kind of just do a shadow day with you. So that was so special. I just want to thank you so much for that. Yeah, I mean, we loved it too. It was super fun. She's got such a good energy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so now she has like her different, and I don't know the official word, but she has like her mood boards around the house and she's designing (laughs) different things. (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. It was so fun. So I wanted to start and just kind of hear about, you know, did you know when you were younger that you wanted to be an interior designer and also have your own business? I did. And I think that's probably why I also like when you reached out with Brooklyn, I was thinking I would have loved to have an opportunity like that because I did. I always kind of knew my dad was a residential developer. So I sort of tagged along with him when he'd like walk job sites and models. And he sometimes would bring me to the showroom when they would go pick out everything for the model homes, which was at that time, it wasn't furniture. It was just like build finishes and I was loving it then. And so I would play around with things in my room. I would make my own poly pocket houses. <laughs> I would, um, I would create furniture pieces for my Barbie's houses too. Oh my gosh. That's um, so cool. Like I would go deep into all of that stuff. So I, I mean, at the time as a kid, I didn't know that that would like lead to a career, but all signs were pointing to that for so long, um, that if I had been presented an opportunity, um, like Brooklyn to go shadow someone and get a real idea of what maybe it looks like to be a designer for a day. I mean, I would have just, I would have known even more so that that would have been my like trajectory because I wasn't, when I went to school, I was like, Oh, I'll just do business, I guess. And my dad was like, you can just do business and figure out what you want to do exactly later if it's design or whatever, but business is a good solid foundation for you. Uh, but had I had the opportunity to like dabble and really tune into what I wanted to do, I probably would have got, been more gung ho about it and, just gone straight to design school. Yeah. And what do you think for other people that are interested in being interior designers, you know, what, knowing what you know now, like what advice would you share? What would you like recommend people get involved in? So it's changed so much. And I mean, it's still, it still is changing with uh, technology and programs and things. So I would say for the younger generation to just become versed in the programs that are needed for design because I think that's where a lot of uh, opportunities come up. Like we are hiring, we just hired someone mainly purely to do technical design, to do drawings and CADs and all the things that we have to do all day long that 
don't allow us to do multiple projects. So it gets a leg up. And that was one of the reasons we, we hired him and he can do the 3D modeling as well. So those are all things if you can not only put a beautiful space together and pick furnishings and, and finishes in a home, but you can put them to paper and put them into a computer program. And you know, those programs, you're going to have a, a leg up when you put out those resumes or when you decide to go to school and, and learn a little bit more, because those are programs that they don't give you as much information on in school. They do with CAD, but not so much like 3d modeling and all of that. And they, are they all pretty standard? Like most designers use the same type of like software and solutions for that? Yeah, they do. And, you know, again, that's all, it's all changing. And there are so many different like 3D modeling programs. So if you are one that stays on top of it and learns the latest, greatest, I think that'll be important for future. I think our industry is really going to that digital representation and digital platform because people want to see things. I mean, we're like immediate gratification people now. So just showing them, you know, they used to do boards with textiles and they'd pin boards, you know, pin a board (laughs) with textiles on it. Be like, this is your sofa. And nobody wants to see it that way anymore. They want to see it in a virtual reality sort of way. So that's where I think the future of design will go. Um, So I think it's important for people to know that. Yeah. And when you started, cause I know you, you know, worked at different design firms in Arizona and then you mm-hmm. started your own business. Did you know that you wanted, you know, to really have your own business and what was that? How was that process for you just going out on your own? Gosh, I think, I think as a, a person, you are either one that enjoys the comfort of working for someone else and not having that responsibility that comes with owning your own business, or you're someone that likes to find their own way and and go about things on your own. Like I have always been one that is someone that I mean, I started doing, I'd run my own business when I was a kid. Like I had a, like a lawn slash car washing (laughs) slash house cleaning business that I started when I was a kid just to make money. So I feel like there's, you either have like that entrepreneurial spirit or not. Um, But with owning your own business, you have to, there's a lot more that you, you have to do that doesn't just involve design, which I enjoy that part of it. Um, for some designers, they don't, and they just want to show up and do design and make things pretty and, and be creative all day. But I enjoy the business and the design part of it. So I always kind of knew that would be where I would go and make my own schedule and, and not have such a regimented schedule. Right. I'm not a schedule gal. Like I am, I don't like to do routine. It's, it's just not me. <laughs> I mean, I do have a routine to a certain degree, but I like to have control of my day and what I'm going to do every day. Yeah, that really makes sense. And did you have like a location or a, you know, a, an office right away, or did you kind of grow into that? No, I mean, after Design Star, I it really gave me that jump start of having my own clients. I had yeah. started doing things for family and friends, which is still, you know, the the best referral basis I have now. Um, but I started doing things for family and friends and then went on design star came back and I had people calling that didn't know me, you know, clients from LA. And that really helped me kind of cut that cord with my old job. And I actually freelanced for them for a long time when they needed me, but was able to do my own thing and build up my own clientele. I didn't have an office at first. I only got my office after my son was born. So my daughter, 
was two and a half and then my son was born and she was then old enough to know I was home all the time right? Yeah, and wanted to come into my office. And I just didn't have the heart to always be like telling her to leave so that I could focus on work. And that's when I knew I'm like, I got to get out of the house in order to be efficient and get things done. Yeah. I know that struggle for sure too. Yeah. It's um, hard. It is. It is hard. And so bringing up design star, because that was a question I was really interested in hearing about. So, you know, in the intro, I talked about some of the different, you know, shows that you hosted and were part of, I would just love to hear about that and just your experience. And, and what is it like just having everybody kind of watch what you're doing and, and just kind of follow you along on that process? Yeah. You know, I, um, I'm always one that loves a challenge. So I think that's what drew me to design star to begin with. I used to watch it all the time and I would find myself like yelling at the TV, like, no, why are you doing this? Like what? And then thinking about what would I be doing? What would I have done differently? How would I have handled this situation? It just looked like so much fun. And it just was sort of like everything aligned. And I ended up going to an audition that like the weekend I saw something pop up on TV about auditions. And it was that weekend was Vegas and the rest were all East coast. And so I drove there and was like, why not? And then it all worked out. And I am not one, like I, I would say I'm like an intro extrovert. Like I am not one that likes to be the center of attention. I'm not one that likes to like be the spotlight of anything. So TV is certainly not anywhere where I thought it would be, <laughs> yeah. but it just ended up being a great platform for me. Um, and I just, I do really well under pressure. I find in those types of situations, I thrive. And so I tap into like this innermost creative part of myself when I have like limited resources, limited time. And that's where I, I shine. And I think that's where, why I got as far as I did or how I got as far as I did in design star. Not that it had anything to do with me being like a great host. Or anything. <laughs> well, you were awesome because we watched all the shows, but I mean, that is something so special to be able to like work under pressure like that, because I think that's so, I mean, I know for me, like that scares me to death, like yeah. being like on the spot in a situation like that. Was it, even though you kind of thrive in that environment, was it more like stressful or nerve wracking than you thought? Oh yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. It was a complete stress case. Like I <laughs> think I came home with an ulcer. I, I do stress out. I, I stress, but like it's an internal stress mm -hmm. and I, I still am able to like, here's what needs to get done. Here's what's happening. Here's plan ABC. And I just move forward. I think what's good for me is that I don't overthink in those types of situations where in design, we're sort of trained to overthink ordinarily and like our everyday, yeah. like we have to think about how, you know, it's almost like a domino. Every single thing affects one another. And what if this, if this happens, that's sort of how design works. So when you're in those like high pressure, little time situations, you don't have time to overthink things and your gut is usually right. And so you just have to go with like your initial gut instinct and it's usually the right one anyways. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And I think you were voted fan favorite too, right? <laughs> I was, I know I was, which um, was fun. That is so nice. That's so cool. So what would, how would you describe your style and has it evolved over the years? Yeah. I mean, I think that's, what's so great about design is that style itself just evolves so much. Um, things change. It's always evolving, just like fashion. It's always evolving and there's trends that come and go. There's, um, there's just so much that changes. And I think that's sort of the fun part of it. But 
I mean, my certainly my style has changed. I'll watch HGTV and watch Design Star and I cringe. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe <laughs> I ever did anything like that. And I would say, you know, it was definitely more amateur then because it was, it was amateur. It was like the first time I was really doing design for anyone right. or for, a, you know, a client um, and really doing furniture for anyone else because I had been kind of in the build side for a while straight out of school. Um, but I would say our uh, my style is more sophisticated now. I have more of a focus on classic finishes and and uh, it's refined a little bit more. It's a little more adult. It stands the test of time a little bit more where I think initially in design, I was more focused on like the trendiness and the trendy styles and, and nobody really wants that long-term. And so I would be doing my clients a disservice if I was being too trendy and then three years they, they were sick of it or it was too literal of a time period. Yeah. So I think we use a little less color in a lot of our projects. Um, but I think that's also just because color is, is not something a lot of people commit to. Right. <laughs> so we use color in ways that are too overbearing, um, unless we have a client that's su- super color loving and then that's just what they love and they know they love it and they've lived with it forever and they want to still have that. But m- a lot of our clients now are more modern, a little less color, a little more neutral, a little more texture. But again, that's just design right now. Yeah. And do you, I mean, do you have clients sometimes where they basically just let you kind of do whatever you feel like would be best in the space or do most people have kind of pretty strong opinions on what they're looking for? I wouldn't say everyone has a strong opinion. Everybody has an opinion, which we definitely want, but we have a more like in-depth front end process where we really sit down and talk to people, find out what they like to do. What do they or do they like to travel? Do they like to entertain? We try to get a really good understanding of their personality and then take that alongside their, their home or whatever it is that we're designing and make sure that those mesh with each other. So I think we really focus on, on the client as a person and what their home represents for them and how it represents them. So yeah. usually we are on, on board and we're all on, on the right track. Um, but that's the fun part for us. So nobody's really like, just do whatever you want. They do have an opinion and they want to make sure it reflects them, but they are trusting for the most part. Yeah, that's good. I mean, and that's so fun that you can like create such different spaces for people based on their personality and how they functionally want to use the space. And it's gotta be just so rewarding to like create that space and see them like in it and experience it. I mean, our client is our inspiration. Like if I was just designing a space that I loved, it would be very different than really truly honing in on the client and what it is that they love. So we like that challenge and, and having different clients with different styles and backgrounds and, and aesthetics. Yeah. And what are the different you know type of services that you offer? And then what are some of your favorite projects to work on? We do, so we'll work on remodels and new builds um, alongside the contractor or um, whoever's doing the project. And then we will do just furniture projects where we're just doing furnishings, maybe changing some light fixtures and that sort of thing, which we love those. I mean, we love both, but our ideal client is one that's a, is a design build and furnishing so that we can really bring, we could be brought in early, early on in the process be a part of specking all the materials for that job and then how that relates to furniture because all of that working together is how you make a a really great design 
it's just the, the more impact we can have on a project, the better for us. So when it's a design furniture and build, it's the best. So do you work on any like office spaces or, you know, you know, pe well, obviously people's business offices are kind of co-working spaces at all? You know, the commercial side of the business is, a, is very different from the residential side. There's just different um, codes and regulations and different limitations with commercial. So we don't dabble in that in a, in a big scale, but we have done offices for our residential clients. And then I have done a couple of candy stores for um, a client in LA, which was really fun. Yeah. Like so actual it's actual candy stores. Yeah. Like actual candy stores. Oh my so gosh. To open there. We had done a couple of their homes um, in LA. So it was a previous client before. So we don't really dabble in the commercial side of it, but we will if it's for a client that we love. Right. Well, how fun is that? You probably got to do a lot of color with that space, I'm guessing. You know, we did it. The, co the color was in the candy. So That's everything true. as a shell was more black and white, uh, which we loved. We did a really bold, like striped black and white floor and um, custom built-ins. We did a wall mural that was like a sort of a candy landscape. It was cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That sounds like so much fun. So when you're working with clients, how do you help them like kind of visualize just like how they can functionally use the space, how they can experience it? Like what are kind of some of your tips around that for people that may be listening that are, you know, going to be doing some different designs and renovations? I always say you you want to think about how you're going to use the space. And I, I think a lot of people get stuck in, you know, they have a home that has a formal living room and then they have a great room and they have a bunch of different living spaces, but they know they're not going to use them for, you know, sitting in that room. And, and maybe there isn't a formal living room. Maybe they don't want to use it. I would think about how you would actually use it. Like we've, we've turned formal living rooms into like, entertainment spaces where it's, it's meant for having people over. There's a DJ booth. There was, um, oh my gosh, bar, fun. There was a bar in there. I mean, it was meant for when their friends came over, there was, that's where they went to drink and, um, hang out, make music, hang out, dance, you know, how do you think you'll use the space? Um, and then think about what furniture pieces go in there. Um, and that's where we start almost always is like sp is space planning and furniture and, and figuring out how, do we flow through the spaces? What do they, what purpose could they all serve? How do they function for your client or for yourself based on what you like to do? So that's why that important piece of getting to know our clients is, is in the beginning so that we know, hey, they love having dinner parties or they'd love to host dinner parties or have their friends over every weekend. Like we need to know how many people they see having over in every given weekend. Is it 10? Is it 15? And we need to make sure there's enough space for everyone and so that it can flow. Yeah. I think that's such a good point because you do kind of sometimes get stuck and just think, okay, I need a living room. I need a dining mm -hmm. room. I need these, you know, traditional spaces, but you really want it to work for like what you do within like your home and your family and everything. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, growing your business and kind of where you're at now, what have you found is like the most challenging and then the most rewarding part of your business? Oh gosh. I would say the challenging thing is, is saying no. Um, I still find that to be hard sometimes um, because, you know, as a, as a business owner, you are always worried, like, where's the next project going to come from? It always does come, but there's always a, you know, when you start to get a little bit slower, you're nearing the end of a project, you're like, Oh, where's the next, where's the next one going to come from? 
Um, but they always come. And if you always say yes to every project that comes, it doesn't open you up to the projects that are maybe a better fit for you. So I think the most challenging part is, is learning when to say no and asking yourself, is this a project that one, I'm excited about, um, or two, is it leading me into doing more of this? Is this where I see myself going? Is it going to bring more projects like this? And is that what I want? So that's what I have to find myself asking and um, saying no to certain things sometimes, which again is hard. Yeah. It's so important though, because you just like, and especially like when you're starting your business at first, it's like, you're so excited that people want to work with you, you know, but it's such a good point as you, you know, go along, you just really want to be bringing in the things that you really want to do. So you can continue to have kind of passion in what you're doing too. And do you do, um, I mean, I know it depends on the scope of the project, but do you usually have multiple like projects going on at the same time? Yeah, we do. And so we have a team of four. Um, and so we do have at any given time, like depending on the scale of the project, three or four large projects at a time. So that is the, that is part of wanting to only say yes to projects that get you really excited. Because if you had, you know, three projects that you're really excited about, and then that fourth was one that you regret or you're not inspired by, or just aren't feeling it, like it makes that really difficult to juggle all of those different projects. And you find yourself letting that fourth one kind of fall by the wayside or not getting as much attention as it should because you're not as excited about it. So we make sure that everything that we're bringing on, we're all collectively excited about it. Yeah. And where do you see like your business going next? I mean, are you, do you want to grow like, you know, your staff to take on more projects? Are you good kind of where you're at? I'd love to kind of just hear like your thought process around that. I think the goal for me is to stay a smaller firm so that I can still be part of that creative aspect. I don't, I think sometimes when you get too big, you end up managing people more than anything else. And that's not something I want to do. I think our staff is great because they are more self-motivated and don't require a lot of managing, um, which is great. We want to all be able to have some creative freedom and, um, have some flexibility with that, but I imagine we'll stay a smaller firm, like five, um, maybe six at most. And then I eventually would like to get into more like furniture, textile, uh, lighting design and have that arm of the business where we do a lot of custom pieces and we find ourselves wanting to, to create something unique and bespoke for our clients. And so wanting to do that on a, a greater scale would be awesome. Yeah, that's great. And do you have any more um, like aspirations to go on any more TV shows or host or anything like that? No, I mean, to be honest, that it's never been like something I've looked for. It's always right. sort of found me and there have been opportunities that have come up that I couldn't say no to. And, and, and not to say that there may not be another one. It's not something I am actively looking for because it takes me away from my business and being able to do what I do every day. But who knows? You, you never know if the right thing came along. Yeah, that's, you know, I did want to ask you, um, I know you started getting clients, you know, after you were on Design Star. Was that a significant, like as soon as you got off the show, did you feel like it was just like, you know, you were getting so many calls and interests and in working with you or what, what was that like after the show? So there was like a grace period of, I want to say like six months after we finished filming that life just went back to normal, which was super yeah. weird. Um, 
but it, it made me want to do my own thing even more because I had a taste of it for that I don't know, six weeks that I was gone. Uh, but once the show started airing, yeah, I started getting calls like from people that I knew in town. Um, I had more media opportunities, even local ones that I helped, that I think helped get me out there even more for clients in Arizona. And then it, it reached out to clients in other States, which was awesome. So yeah, it was like the best thing I could have ever done for launching my business was getting out there and putting myself out there. Yeah. And did you watch the show as a family or was it, was it, I know some people say it's so hard to watch yourself on TV. It is. I don't enjoy watching myself. <laughs> and now I barely watch anything or listen to anything because I can't stand my voice, but I did, I had a viewing party for every episode and we, I got together with all my friends and everybody came and we watched it together because I couldn't tell anybody what happened. Yeah. So they all wanted to know and they were all watching it alongside me. So it was fun to watch them watching me. That is so fun. And so that six month period you were talking about after the show, then you just pretty much, I mean, you couldn't say you were on the show. You couldn't say anything. So you were just, Oh, it was oh, terrible. It's so, hard. <laughs> it's so hard. Oh my gosh. Yeah, does your family, does your family know the details or anything? No, I didn't know because they make you sign oh my gosh. a pretty scary document that doesn't let you tell anybody anything. So I yeah. didn't tell, I didn't tell my family. I didn't know. Like nobody knew. <laughs> I can't imagine like the countdown to that, like first episode. <laughs> it's so exciting to just like, be like, I'm on the show. <laughs> it was really, really fun. It was really fun. Was oh my gosh. Time. Well, Brittany, this was such a fun conversation. Is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners? No, I think it, I think you just always have to put yourself out there. I guess is the one thing I would say takeaway is don't be afraid of putting yourself out there to do what you love because you never know what will come of it. I mean, it's only going to bring good things if you're being authentic and genuine and, and doing things that you're passionate about. Yeah, that's such great advice. And what is the best way for people to connect with you and support you? Um, I would say the best the best platform that I use is Instagram. I, and that's just sort of carries over into Facebook. So I'm at Brittany Simon is my handle. And then you can always reach out to me through Instagram and it'll take you to my website if you ever want to email me or reach out. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and being here. And thanks again for, you know, being a mentor to Brooklyn for that day, because that has like forever impacted her. Oh, good. That makes me so happy to hear. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love to connect with you on Instagram at Event of Brush and in our private Facebook group where we continue this conversation. All of these details are listed in the episode notes. Your time is valuable and I appreciate that you spent it with me.